Hi, everyone, and welcome to HR Works, brought to you by BLR. I'm your host, Steve Bruce. HR Works provides clear, relevant, actionable information on topics that matter to HR professionals. When you're armed with best practices and strategies to attract, retain, and engage top talent and deliver exceptional value to your organization, HR works. We hear a lot of talk expressing concern about the under-representation of women in corporate boardrooms. And we know that one substantial factor that can slow down the professional advancement of women is starting a family. But what can actually be done to minimize the disruption of women's career paths, especially for working mothers? Today we're going to take a look at one employer who's been successful at helping working mothers make a smoother transition back to work and achieve a healthy work-life balance after having children. So we're welcoming Teresa Tanner, Chief Administrative Officer at Fifth Third Bank, the 13th largest bank in the United States, by the way, and she's going to share how the bank has created a culture where working mothers excel, including a focus on the development, launch, and early success of their maternity concierge program. And then Charnella Grossman, Fifth Third's Vice President of Portfolio Management, will share her experience with the concierge service and other policies and programs that she's seen support women during her time at the bank. And finally, we'll get key insights from Julie Nugent, Vice President and Center Leader at Catalyst Research Center for Corporate Practice, on how forward-thinking companies can make greater efforts to help new moms transition back into the workplace, including some actionable takeaways, some fresh ideas, and some practical first steps. Teresa, Charnella, and Julie, welcome to HR Works. Thank you. Thank you for having us. Thanks so much. Hi, good morning. So let's begin with uh, Teresa. Research from all over the world confirms the benefits of gender-balanced leadership, yet Catalyst data show that only 20% of board seats at Fortune 500 companies are held by women. So, Teresa, you're one of those leaders. Can you tell us how Fifth Third is addressing the issue of underrepresentation of women in senior leadership roles? Sure, I'd be glad to. And this really is um, such an important strategy for us because we do believe that having the right representation at the board level, at the senior executive level, um, is absolutely necessary for us to be the best bank we can be. We want all perspectives around the table. First, let me say that I'm really proud at a board level we have over 30% representation of women, and that is so important to us. Our board chair is a woman, and so we do believe and model that leadership behavior from the very top. Um, We have over 60% women across our entire franchise. However, we don't have enough representation of senior women at the very top of our executive ranks. We're at about 23% right now, and that is not a number that's good enough for us. So we have really taken a very strategic approach to figuring out um, why we don't have that internal pipeline, what's happening, and how do we develop our women to make sure that they can be ready to take those positions at the top. As we began doing more and more research, we saw that there was a critical time in the lives of our women around mid-career when they were beginning to think about families and having children and and uh, that critical time in a woman's life where there's just a lot to juggle, a lot they're going through. 
And we saw that we were having twice the rate of attrition at that level as any other level in a woman's career. And so we began talking to our mothers, um, to those mid-career professionals to find out what were the challenges. And we saw that this was a critical time in their life. Um, so with that uh, information, we decided we can help. There are some solutions we can put in place to make that transition easier. So um, the maternity concierge idea was born. We uh, uh, jumped in and co-created that with our partner, Best Upon Request, who uh, does broad concierge services. And we began to develop a program that our mothers could use the minute they found out they were pregnant all the way until that child turned one. And we want to be with them during that journey and be that personal assistant to offer them a variety of services. Well, this sounds very uh, interesting for everybody, I think. Let's um, see if we find out a little more about this concierge program. Can you uh, describe it in some more detail and tell us how the bank came up with that idea? Sure. And it really was by talking to our employees. I remember the day I uh, had a group of women and we were talking about all the wonderful benefits of working at Fifth Third and everything that we could offer women. And one by one, the hands started coming up and saying, yeah, that's great. But, you know, when we are beginning to have families and juggle new kids and maternity leave and navigating that process and, you know, all of a sudden our to-do list explodes, we need help. That's really how the idea was born. And so we already had a general concierge program. Again, went to our, our partners best upon request and said, how can we develop something special here? So this program really is concierge that are dedicated directly to these women who are pregnant. And we help them with anything they need. We can do their grocery shopping for them. We can help them plan for gender reveal parties. We can um, help them get registered for their baby shower, pack their baby bag. I mean, we can do so many things to help them and take that to-do list off their shoulders so they can focus on work when they're at work, focus on home. And then that critical time when they're coming back to work, which is why we want that kind of personal assistant, personal concierge to follow them all the way up through that first year because that transition from, you know, especially for those new new first-time mothers, you know, being being a mother now and working how how can we help them through that that transition period? Well, this is uh, sounds like a great idea, um, and and you got a very positive reaction, I assume, to the program from the uh, expectant mothers. Absolutely, we we love hearing um, stories, and we have so many of them. Um, there's one, for example, of a wealth and asset manager who said that this program is actually the deciding factor in whether she and her husband will have more children. Um, she now sees a path to staying in the workforce, and that's what we really want to do. You know, there are mothers that choose to leave the workforce because that's what they want to do, and that's the right choice for their family. For those mothers, fantastic. But we don't ever want to put a woman in a position where she feels she has no choice, that there's just not a path to doing both. We want to be that helping hand that offers alternatives, solutions, and um, tools that they can leverage and resources they can leverage to be able to manage both of them. Well, this is a fantastic program. What um, what are some of the biggest challenges you've seen pregnant uh, women and new moms face in the workplace? 
Well, you know, a lot of it is just um, all of the new responsibilities that come on you. So, you know, if you think about it, you know, you're working and not only do you have kind of some of the physical challenges that you just naturally go through during that, that period of pregnancy, all of a sudden your, your to-do list really does just blow up on you. You know, all of a sudden there's so many things you're worried about. You know, is the nursery ready? Um, how will I nurse when I come back to work? Do I need a new pediatrician? What daycare services um, am I going to use? How am I going to um, think about, um, you know, what time I have to leave and what time I have to come in? All of those things, all of those worries, those stresses, those things that are added to your to-do list are above and beyond your daily job. We want to take all of that off of your shoulders. And this concierge service is also a, a kind of a proactive push. The new moms register with the service. We do an intake. We really learn what, what that unique need is of that mother. And then we proactively are pushing solutions out to the employee so that they've got somebody else worrying about their to-do list. It's not just them. It's someone else that's helping them find all of those solutions to their questions. Now, I understand that uh, you're the mother of two grown children. Um, can you tell us how you relate to these challenges? Oh, I, I absolutely. And I, I got to tell you, I'm a little jealous. I wish uh, there was a resource like this for me when I was going through that. Because although it's been a long time, both of my kids are in their 20s, um, it is a particularly stressful time. And you want to be the best mom you can be. You want to be the best employee you can be. And so often you feel like, you know, this whole idea of work-life balance and juggling it all, you know, if, if you have the opportunity to work, you know, less hours or flex time, those are all benefits that a lot of companies offer, which is great. But that also comes at a price to your career. And if you want to continue to grow your career and work full-time, having those extra set of hands are terrific. I mean, it's just, you know, really, really great to think that you could have somebody that you know could go to the grocery store for you, that could help you pick out a pediatrician, that could help you register for your baby shower, all of those things that we do. Um, I mean, gosh, what a great help for a mom. Well, thank you for sharing that personal perspective. So far, um, what's the impact of the program uh, been? Well, you know, we're new, so we just launched this beginning of the year, and we have over 200 people enrolled in the program actively using it. Um, so we, first of all, have full, full engagement. Um, ultimately, the outcomes we're going to look for is lower attrition at that level, um, higher pipelines of promotable people, and, and the ultimate outcome is more senior-level positions being filled. Um, but right now, the satisfaction with the service is just absolutely um, off the chart. Um, we just hear story after story and validation of how valuable this is uh, for women. Thanks, Teresa. Shanella, you participated in the program yourself, I believe. Uh, would you be willing to share uh, what being in the program was like? Absolutely. Um, it has been, I mean, just as Teresa has explained, something that has been incredibly valuable for me. So I'm currently on maternity leave. I had my second child four weeks ago, and I currently have a one-year-old. And the program was rolled out um, during the pregnancy of my second child. So this time, um, 
I've been able to really utilize their services. Uh, one of the benefits now while I'm on maternity leave was that I had my second child um, a couple of days before before my husband's birthday, which I completely forgot. And on the day of his birthday, I called for, as we were coming home from the hospital and maternity concierge scheduled a reservation, brought balloons, brought him to the restaurant and set up a little birthday surprise for him, which made me look not only like a great mom, but an incredible wife. And so they've been helpful for so many different services, some that can be articulated, some last minute things that have come up and they just really have jumped in to make our lives much easier and, 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 and better all around. Well, that's a great uh, story and congratulations to you and your husband. What are what are some of the Thank other you. services that you've utilized uh, from the concierge service? So it's changed through time. I mean, it started with them helping me more as an employee. So they were doing things like picking up dry cleaning, um, also replacing broken heels, um, doing alterations. Um, and then as we start to expect the second child in, in, in the delivery date came near, they started to help me with uh, turning a second room in my house into a nursery. And so, unfortunately, we're a little behind on that, and we're still um, not because of their fault, because of some of the contractors. And so they're currently here still setting that, that up, but they've been um, really helpful there. Um, they've also, uh, Teresa mentioned, pushing their services and checking in with me. So they've really done a great job at uh, you know, probably every few weeks checking in with me and saying, other mothers around the same time frame and, you know, the same sort of pregnancy timeline as you, uh, are doing XYZ. So at this point, they're putting their names in for daycares. At this point, they're making sure they filed for medical leave. Uh, you know, at this point, they've ordered their breast pump. And so they have checked in with me along the way to make sure that I um, have all my bases covered. Well, it's a clearly a wonderful program. So I guess in general, you would say that Fifth Third uh, has been very supportive throughout your pregnancy and maternity leave. Oh, definitely, definitely. Um, aside from the maternity concierge program, uh, which is a benefit that I haven't heard of other companies offering, Fifth Third recently introduced an extended paid leave policy, and it's not just for moms, it's also for dads and also for those who are adopting or fostering a child as well. So I really feel like I'm at a company that has prioritized this time. It's really important time in a new mom's life. Well, thank you for for sharing that. Um, And do you think this new program is going to make transitions easier for other new parents? Absolutely. So there are nursing rooms throughout uh, throughout the bank, and we're often sitting there and kind of chatting with each other. And uh, just based on the conversations I'm having, this has been really helpful. It's been incredibly positive, um, and I think it's just uh, really helped on easing the transition for, for, for new moms. So um, if you're willing to say, um, has this initiative influenced your decision to return to work after maternity leave and stay with Fifth Third in the future? Well, for me, um, I've always intended to come back uh, to work. It's, it's, it's part of who I am, and it's um, never been a question for me. Uh, it, but, but what this has done is it's made me incredibly proud to work for Fifth Third um, during this time that we are changing the culture and also raising the bar for our competitors. 
Well, thank you so much for sharing the personal side of this. I, I really appreciate that. And uh, it's clear that Fifth Third has a winner with this program. Um, so now I'd like to turn to Julie. Uh, we'd like to learn more about trends related to women's uh, professional advancement. And uh, maybe you should start, though, by telling us a little about Catalyst and uh, your role at the organization. Sure, Steve. Happy to do it. And thanks for having us on today. So I, I work as a vice president at Catalyst, um, where I also serve as center leader for our Catalyst Research Center for Corporate Practice. And basically, in my role, we evaluate and look at what professional global organizations are doing related to advancing diversity, inclusion, and business results, and how this uniquely impacts women and other diverse groups in the workplace. Catalyst is a nonprofit, and our mission is to accelerate progress for women through workplace inclusion. We're over 50 years old. In fact, we were founded in 1962, and we do significant research, consulting, and speaking with audiences around the world to focus on this very topic. We actually operate in four continents, in the U.S., Canada, Europe, India, Australia, and Japan. And we have more than 800 supporters globally that we work with to really try and help them provide the resources and help them take action to make their workplaces more inclusive. Oh, this is great. So how did Catalyst and Fifth Third uh, initially establish a relationship? Yeah, so Fifth Third is a supporter organization of Catalyst, what I just referenced, um, more than 800 global supporters. And we've been working with Fifth Third to support them with resources and research and really help, um, you know, provide access for their employees around our tools and our knowledge on this very topic of advancing both women in the workplace as well as driving inclusive cultures. And through this collaboration, in fact, we learned about the Innovative Maternity Concierge Program and Fifth Third's focus on providing women and families support during this critical time, which we know through our research and, and host of work with clients and others that this is actually really very important. Well, I know um, Catalyst uh, has done extensive research on uh, not only trends related to women's professional advancement, but also how diverse leadership uh, contributes to business success. So what does that research tell us about how the underrepresentation of women in key leadership positions affects companies? Sure, sure. And it's first important to note that progress to parity in leadership has stalled at all levels. I was actually, you know, thrilled when Teresa earlier told us that uh, the third has over 30% of women on its board of directors, and the board chair is a woman, too. That's actually fantastic, fantastic news. What we've seen in tracking the numbers around women CEOs and also looking at just more holistically women in leadership and across managerial ranks and leadership ranks, we've seen that these numbers, in fact, have solved. Um, we've been tracking women CEOs since, in, in the 40 plus years we've been tracking, which is since the Fortune 500 first included a female CEO, which is in 1972. We've seen that the percentage of female CEOs has climbed, and I'll use that word loosely, because it's been quite slow, and we only just broke the 5% mark in 2017. So what that means is at this pace, we won't even get close to parity or 50% um, in our lifetime. So we've seen very little progress. 
And what we do know, of course, is that having women in senior leadership roles, in the boardroom, at the table makes companies more competitive. You know, there's significant research and the business case is clear. More diverse teams, more diverse organizations achieve better results. So it's always positive when more diverse voices are heard and more diverse voices. And as I had mentioned, you know, having everyone at the table and lending a hand in making those decisions and influencing decisions is really critical. And we've seen, you know, we've seen this time and time again. So it's definitely a barrier that affects uh, many organizations right now. And it's something that a lot of companies in our society at large is facing. Well, more specifically, uh, what are the most common barriers that organizations face uh, when they try to achieve a more diverse senior leadership? Yeah, so women continue to face barriers that are complex and, and in fact, quite ingrained in the workforce. And in particular, what we've seen in our research is that women of color continue to deal with even more entrenched hurdles. Um, Just kind of the bottom line on this is we know from our research that gender stereotypes and unconscious biases create predicaments for women leaders in particular. Um, Women are often evaluated against what we see as sort of a masculine standard of leadership. And what that means is that that can really put women in double binds and potentially undermine their leadership as well as their career advancement opportunities. This sort of double bind is a stereotype that men typically take charge and women typically take care. And this relates to a lot of particular issues in the workplace, and especially men, but I often have to the Goldilocks syndrome. Women are perceived as either too soft or too tough, but never just right. And that can be very challenging for women specifically. So these stereotypes are pervasive, and we see that, um, you know, in many workplaces, it's, it's very difficult because of unconscious biases and other stereotypes that are well ingrained. When women are excluded in this way, we often call it a, a death by a thousand cuts. You know, there's a, so many different microaggressions that send messages that women don't belong, they aren't in a role to be leaders, etc. Not calling on women in meetings or cutting them off um, while they're speaking or sharing ideas, excluding them from particular, you know, social events or meetings or having even some of those bathroom conversations, which we've heard about in the past, those are all things that can be damaging for women in particular, and we do see that they still exist in the workplace. As I had mentioned earlier, um, when we think about women of color specifically, or black, Latina, and Asian American women, there are even more hurdles that they face, um, and our research has shown that there is uh, what we call an emotional tax that is levied on black employees, specifically black women. And it's, in essence, a psychological burden that leaves many black professionals feeling like they have to outperform and outwork and be on guard uh, against discrimination or biases. So all of these things, as you can as you can imagine, can be challenging for women, in particular in the workplace, and can really can really weigh on someone as you're, you're trying to do your job, but then also trying to navigate all these other things that are going on. Well, thanks very much for laying, laying those out for us. Now, based on those initiatives and benefits at Fifth Third that we talked about earlier, uh, would you agree that it set itself apart from other employers in this regard? 
And, and have you seen similar benefits like the maternity concierge program uh, at other companies? Yeah, you know, I, I would say that this program at Fifth Third has set itself apart. You know, we've seen some other organizations focus on increasing maternity benefits, for example, and overall flexibility initiatives to support working moms and working families. But I think the scope of the maternity concierge, as Teresa and Sharnella have described and really talked about today, is a significant resource investment from Fifth Third. And, you know, a lot of aspects of this are very cutting edge because it's a huge benefit to not just women, but also to their families. And we know that, you know, with all the other things that may happen in the workplace, stereotypes and other barriers that women encounter, um, you know, this is it's helping to help women in particular at a very critical time in their lives and to take some of that burden off, you know, like we've been discussing. We know from our research that when women are thinking about and, and starting to or expanding their families, a lot of critical decisions are made and it can be overwhelming. And, in you know, for employers specifically, just thinking about what some of those things are and helping on that to-do list, like Teresa talked about, can just make break the situation. It can be really, really critical. All right. Let's uh, talk a little bit more specifically about that. What what kind of actionable steps would you recommend to other forward-thinking companies that uh, that they could take to support new moms with their transition back to work? Yeah. So I think certainly providing resources like the um, third does with the maternity concierge program, but even beyond that, you know, providing education for managers and leaders so women feel supported along the way um, so that there's really an expectation that's set that's clear and that all parties, you know, know exactly um, kind of what to expect or at least are having a dialogue around it. To provide support system is also really critical. We've seen, for example, some organizations uh, have mentoring moms initiatives for moms to connect at different places along the way, you know, whether that's when a woman is pregnant, whether that's, you know, during pregnancy or even post when when folks are transitioning back to work. It's just a really great way for moms to stay connected. Um, Another piece there could be around a working parents network so that both working moms and dads can share best practices and, and network and share information. We've seen companies as well focused on that, which I think can be extremely helpful. And then certainly, and and very importantly, providing flexibility. And what I mean by that is not just sort of on the books. You know, many companies have policies in place, but actually supporting a culture that values flexibility, which in turn supports all talent, including women, including men, and anyone, you know, during this critical time, really making sure that the company walks the talk when it comes to flexibility and having, you know, flexible schedules and leaders who, who really prioritize that. Well, that's helpful. If, um, if we have companies that don't have any sort of programs in place that are focused on retaining female talent, what first steps would you recommend that they could take that would have a significant impact? Yeah, Steve. So, you know, we've worked with many companies, as I mentioned, globally on on these topics. And I think that there are a couple of things that come, you know, right to the top every time. And that is certainly the important sponsorship. So what I mean by that is having someone advocate for you and having those important advocates in the workplace that can really 
talk about your accomplishments and, and help can help you in both mentorship as well as, as sponsorship um, behind closed doors and, and really talk about what you're doing and provide excellent expertise. And that's certainly for especially important for women and women of color. Um, paying closer attention to the experiences of women of color, certainly, like we talked about this emotional attacks, um, is something that's that's even more important um, for workplaces to be attuned to and to really understand and have dialogue around. And definitely engaging men in the dialogue and the action planning. You know, it's important, and we've seen this time and time again, that having male champions, in addition, certainly, to women who are also championing these efforts is really critical. And by having colleagues really working together in the workplace, that's the best way to develop inclusive work cultures. And for something like, you know, we're talking about maternity benefits or flexibility, it is really critical that everyone um, is part of the dialogue and involved. Well, thanks, Julie, so much for uh, sharing that with us. To sum this all up, uh, any final recommendations from our listeners from uh, any of the three of you? This is Teresa. The only thing that I would add is we have a real opportunity here um, to change the rules of the game. As Julie noted in her opening comments, we are not making the progress we need to make, and we are not on pace to make the progress we need to make. And so with that being said, we have to step back company by company, individual by individual, and ask ourselves why and what can we do differently. I think there has been a number of great programs that companies have been put in place in the past, whether it's flex time or expanded maternity leave benefits or development programs, but they're not working. And what we have to do is say, how do we equip these women? How do we level the playing field? How do we equip them to contribute to their careers in the same manner that men can contribute to their careers? So I'm really proud of the Maternity Concierge Program, um, but this is just the beginning. We have to bring different solutions and better thinking to this problem. And as we do that, program by program, innovation by innovation, Um, Hopefully, we will see different outcomes in the future. Well, thanks very much. So, Teresa, Sharnella, Julie, thanks so much for joining us today and providing all these helpful insights, and especially for uh, some very personal perspectives. Thank you. Thank you. In our next episode of HR Works, Stacey Honke, a mentor to C-suite executives, We'll talk with us about how leaders aren't as influential as they could be and provide a step-by-step method for communication that influences people to take action.